Well, hello, and I want to welcome you to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Horton. I'm here to bring you a short message that's designed to help you become all that God created you to be and to live your life to the fullest. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get into today's message. Well, I'm so glad to be back with you again today on our uh, Victory Weekly Podcasts, and I hope you're doing well. And, uh, you know, we're into 2023. I think we've got some amazing things ahead of us, some challenging times. But, y'all, the thing I'm so excited about is that God has given us a personal helper, the Holy Spirit. He's our helper. Don't allow your helper to be a hitchhiker. He's a hitchhiker if if we don't do anything with his presence. But he can be a helper if we'll submit ourselves to Jesus, submit ourselves to the Word of God, and learn to listen to his voice. We have been given a special gift in the new birth, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And y'all, now it's time to cash in on that relationship we have with the Holy Spirit as we go into this really strange time of change and great darkness worldwide This is the time for our light to shine perhaps more brightly than it ever has. And I was talking to somebody earlier today. You know what? Our best days are ahead of us. If you look at spiritual things, if we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and if we keep our focus uh, away from the distractions around us, keep our focus on God and spiritual things, our greatest days can be ahead of us. And that's what I'm expecting. So I want to encourage there's a lot of gloom and doom around. Uh, and, you know, we do have challenges, not that we don't. But you know what? We've got somebody that can help us counteract. We have a helper called the Holy Spirit. Again, don't don't let your helper be only a hitchhiker that does nothing because you don't let him. Let him work with you. So 1 John 2, uh, I want to get right into this today, so let's go. 1 John 2, I mentioned this last time. You have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know or understand all things. I've been talking about this on Sundays. I'm doing a series called A Shaking and an Awakening. And, and, and that awakening is we have an anointing. We have, we have the Spirit of God inside of us, and He helps us understand where we are and in the context of time what we need to be doing and what we need to be emphasizing, what do we, we need to be changing. Thank God for the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. And, you know, we have an intuitive part of us that is designed by God to, to guide us, to lead us. Uh, verse 27 of 1 John 2 says, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. Now that's talking specifically about the presence the Holy Spirit brings into our lives when he indwells us. And he says, you have an anointing uh, which you have received from him and it abides in you and you do not need that anyone teach you. Again, in context, you know, God placed teachers in the church. It talks about teachers in Ephesians 4. Romans 12, there's a spiritual gift of teaching. And so again, we need teachers, but what he's saying is you don't need anybody to show you because the Holy Spirit inside of you will show you the direction to go. He says, but as the same anointing, 1 John 2, 27, teaches you concerning all things and is truth and is not a lie, just as it has taught you, 
you'll abide in him. So the anointing of the Holy Spirit, you know what he does inside of us? When, when we're confronted with error, when we're confronted with, with information that is tainted, that is twisted, that is wrong, he leads us around that, shows us what we need to be doing. Romans 8, 14, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Then Romans 8, 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So my encouragement to me and all of us is, let's make sure we activate the Spirit of God in our lives. I, you know, I've been doing this for decades now. I get up early in the morning, and I'm sure perhaps you do. Be an early riser, and before you do anything else in your day, connect with God. I've been doing this, y'all, for, for decades. And I, you know, I'll tell you what it does. It helps you overcome challenges, escape pitfalls, or things that would just ruin your life. And, you know, if you have the right relationship with God through His Word first, secondly, with the Holy Spirit, you'll be amazed at how God will guide you around problems. Sometimes He guides us through problems. But nonetheless, somehow you just make it in life. And as we go into this season of deep challenge just before Jesus comes back and the tribulation perhaps even begins. I'm of the mindset, as I've mentioned in past podcasts, we'll probably be here for a period of time during the, the that period we typically call the tribulation. And just before Jesus returns, we'll see the appearance of the Antichrist. And there'll, there'll be a, a, a sense towards global control of the economies and the finances and global governments uh, nations will acquiesce to global government governments and such. And, you know, we may see some of that, but see, God's going to give us wisdom to navigate around that or navigate right straight through it. But I just believe because of the Spirit of God's in us, He knows we're here. And God needs us. You know, have you ever thought about the fact that God needs you and this hour to be a light and to be an encouragement for the people around you? Think about the people today who who really see that things are changing and they don't know what to do. You know, God's placed you in their life, perhaps, to be a, be a light and to help them to see that there is hope in God and there's help when we go through these deep, deep challenges that are perhaps ahead of us. I want to share some things about the Holy Spirit today, and, and we're going to really get into teaching about Him uh, see how far we get today. Understand that we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. You know, the Old Testament te temple had three parts to it. There was the outer court, uh, courtyard. There was the inner court inside the building. And then there was, uh, there was a portion of the back of the temple separated by a big curtain. And, um, and it was called the holiest of all or the holy of holies. And that's where the Ark of the Covenant uh, 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 was placed, and that's where the high priest would come in once a year and make a, a, a sacrifice for the sins of the Israelites with animal blood. They'd sacrifice an animal, then take the blood and, and put it on top of the ark. The top of the ark is called the mercy seat, and there they would cover the sins of the Israelites for one year. Thank God that that we don't have to do that anymore because Jesus, the Lamb of God, has come, who has taken away our sins, and our sins are no longer covered or atoned. They're cleansed. Jesus cleanses sin. He not only forgives us, He cleanses our sin. Big difference there, but I said all that to say, 
Uh, we have the Holy Spirit not dwelling in, in man-made temples anymore, like the Old Testament tabernacle and then temple. We have the Holy Spirit living in us, and our bodies are now. And that's what Romans 6 says. Know, know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which, you, which is in you, which you have of God. That word temple is the Greek word for the holy of holies. It's amazing. We are individually a holy of holies. You have a holy person, a wise person, an intelligent person, a loving person, a guiding person, a light person that is living inside of you. And his goal is to help you navigate through the twists and turns of life, regardless of what they are. See, the old covenant people, they didn't have that. When you Let's talk about this a little bit. You know, when you read again through the old covenant, Old Testament, understand that Old Testament believers, I'm talking about the prophets and all those we read about, did not have the Holy Spirit living in them like we do today. Uh, if you, uh, a study of the Old Testament reveals that the prophet, the priest, and the king of Israel would have the Holy Spirit come upon them at certain times. But again, the Holy Spirit did not reside in them the way he resides in us because their hearts were not yet changed. And, uh, you know, um, uh, the Holy Spirit revealed through the prophets that there would come a time that the human heart was changed. Listen to Ezekiel 36, 26, and for clarity, this is literally God's Word translation. That's the name of the translation, God's Word. Uh, and it's, it's a modern translation. It says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. And then it says, I'll remove your stubborn hearts and give you obedient hearts. See, that's, that's talking about the day we live in today, the age of grace. The Holy Spirit comes and lives in us when we're born again. Ezekiel 36, 26, uh, English Standard Version. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. That means, that means God's going to do something fresh in those that know him. No longer does he dwell in man-made temples. He dwells inside of us. That's the cool thing. Then, of course, Jeremiah 31, again, English Standard Version. Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel, the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant I'll make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. And this is talking about us. I will put my laws within them. And I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they will be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother saying, know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least uh, to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. This is an awesome prophecy of the day that we live in today. God said he would write his laws on our hearts. And you know, when you come to know Jesus, there's an inward sense, there's an inner knowing, there's an inner intuition of which way to go in life when you're in relationships, when you're reading things, when you're listening to things. Because we have the law of God written in our hearts, the Ten Commandments are written on our hearts. We know right from wrong inside. And you know what? We can trust that inner God. That is very helpful today, is it not? So understand again, no Old Testament 
Uh, no Old Testament prophet. Nobody that you read about in the Old Testament. You talk about Abraham, talk about Moses, talk about David, talk about Elijah, Elisha, Daniel, you know, Isaiah, on and on and on we go. They didn't have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them. Their hearts were still hearts of stone. They had a, they had a, a, a covenant with God. And they had uh, they, they and their sins were given via animal sacrifices, and that animal's animal's blood was taken into the tabernacle and then temple, placed uh, a, 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 on top of the ark of the covenant on the on the top of it called mercy seat again, like I said earlier, and uh, and their sins were covered for a year, but it had to be repeated year after year after year. That they, they had a mechanical, almost like a mechanical relationship with God. It's an exterior relationship with God, even though they wanted, they had a heart for God. Their hearts were weren't yet changed by God. See, so. Um, the average person in the old covenant, just the average Joe, so to speak, that wasn't a prophet, priest, or king, he didn't have the Holy Spirit available to him. They lived under the law, and they weren't yet born again. Again, they weren't yet dwelt by the Holy Spirit. So because of that, that's why you read the Old, old Testament, for instance. These guys had some huge character problems. And, uh, you know, it may be confusing at times to read about some of the patriarchs of the Bible, the Old Testament, and how... how Really strange things happened to them. You know, Noah got drunk when he got out of the ark. That's a really strange thing. Abram, Abraham lied about his wife, Sarah, because he was afraid that the, a king would come and kill her. Moses, Moses killed a man, hid his body in the sand, yet God used him to deliver the Israelites out of Egypt. Or, or you got Samson, who was one of the judges in the book of Judges. And uh, Samson had supernatural strength and power that came from his uh, Nazarite vow that he made. But see, Samson had a problem with his flesh. He liked Philistine prostitutes. That's a terrible thing. See, why did that happen? Because he didn't have the Holy Spirit living in him. Or David, he lusted after Bathsheba. You know the story there in Samuel. And he committed adultery with her. And then, and then beyond that, she got pregnant. He committed premeditated murder and had her husband put it right in the battle where, where he knew, 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 knew that he would die. Now, you know, it, it, you just don't do those things when you know the Lord. Again, Old Testament folk, David included, he didn't have the Holy Spirit living in him. Saul was anointed king of Israel, yet he repeatedly threw his javelin at David, repeatedly chased David and tried to have him killed. See? See, he didn't have the Holy Spirit living in him. Or, or David's son, Solomon. <laughs> oh, my goodness, this guy was a sex addict, y'all. He had 700 wives. My Lord, 300 mistresses. Calls them concubines in the Bible. Why do these guys, why, why do you read those things? Well, these are, are people who lacked character because they did not have the Holy Spirit living in them like you and I have him living inside of us. See, that, that's the difference, and that's the defining point. And that's why it's so awesome to live today, and that's, that's the reason I know that God has prepared us for the days ahead of us as we're living in these days of transition from the age of grace to the time of judgment that I've talked about. And uh, see, we don't have to be afraid of these times. God has prepared us and equipped us for the things to come. 
Understand this, uh, Jesus lived by the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you go read through the four Gospels, Jesus gave us an example of how a man can be anointed by God and live as directed by the Spirit of God. Most people think that Jesus did what he did because he was God. Jesus laid aside, listen, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, laid aside his, his heavenly power, Jesus laid aside his, his heavenly, uh, uh, I don't want to say position, but he laid aside the power of the office of the Son of God. And he lived uh, with available to him only what we have available to us today. Jesus lived by the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen to Philippians chapter 2 again, verses 5 through 7, Amplified New Testament. Let this same attitude, the Apostle Paul says, and purpose and humble mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. Let him be your example in humility. Listen, who although being essentially one with God and in the form of God possessed the fullness of the attributes which make God God, did not think this equality with God was a thing to be eagerly grasped or retained, but stripped themselves of all privileges and rightful dignity, so as to assume the guise of a servant or slave, in that he became like men and was born a human being. Now, this verse is so awesome because it shows us the, in fact, Bible scholars use the Greek word canoe, which means to empty out, and they call it the kenosis. Again, um, uh, transliterating that English, that Greek word into English, they call it the kenosis of Christ or the emptying of the Son of God. He emptied himself of the power of his office and lived just like we do. Understand again, Jesus was born as a baby. And then Jesus had to grow up just like we do. His mama had to change his diaper. His mama had to feed him. His mama had to teach him how to, how to eat. Uh, his mama had to teach him how to dress himself. He had to learn. Jesus, listen, had to learn about himself. You ever thought about this? Jesus had to learn about himself by reading the Torah by reading the scriptures. In fact, by, by the time a Jewish boy is generally 12 years of age or so, he has to go through what is called bar mitzvah, and that's when the boy becomes a man. To do that, he has to be able to quote Genesis, the whole book of Genesis, the whole book of Exodus, the whole book of, Levit of Leviticus, the whole book of Numbers, and the whole book of Deuteronomy. He has to, he has to be able to quote the law and... Uh, and I, you think about it. I don't know if you've ever thought about it this way. As Jesus, as a little boy, was being raised by Mary and Joseph, and he was learning the Torah so he could go through his bar mitzvah at age 12. And, of course, you, when Jesus did that, he stunned the theologians in the temple because he knew the words so well. Have you ever thought about the fact that as Jesus read those words as a little boy, that that inside of him intuitively he began to see that he was God, he was the Son of God, that he was the that he was God made flesh. See, Jesus in his humanity had to rely on the Holy Spirit the way that we do. The Holy Spirit revealed to him who he was as the maturation process occurred, as he went from a, an infant to from a baby into childhood, into adolescence, into a, a mature adulthood. So again, Jesus at 30 years of age when he was baptized by John in the Jordan River, uh, the Holy Spirit came upon him. Jesus began his ministry 
at age 30. He was not anointed by the Holy Spirit any time up until that time because Jesus didn't rely on any God power in the office he had as the Son of God. Jesus lived as a man, anointed by God. He was anointed by the Holy Spirit at age 30. Listen to Luke 4, Jesus. Listen to what it says about Jesus, beginning with verse 16. When he came, Jesus came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home. He went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of, scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. Verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim uh, that captives will be released, that the blind will see, and that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Verse 20, he rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, sat down. All of the eyes of the synagogue looked at him intently. Verse 21, Luke 4. Then he began to speak to them the scripture you just heard has been fulfilled this very day. Verse 22, everyone spoke well of him and was amazed by the gracious words that came from his lips. How can this be, they asked. Is this Joseph's son again? Jesus lived like everybody else today lives. He lived by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the reason he said in John 14, 12, the works that I do, you will do also, and greater works than these you will do. Because I go into my Father. The works that we do today come from the same source that the works that Jesus did came from, which is the power of the Holy Spirit. Notice John 3.34. It says, He, Jesus, is sent by God. He speaks God's word, for God gives him the Spirit without limit. Then John 5.19. Notice again, Jesus explains, I tell you the truth. Listen to this. The Son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. Jesus, he see, what was he saying? I don't live by my own resources. I only do what I see the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, that's what I do. And who showed him that? The Holy Spirit did. John. Th then listen to um, John 5, verse 30. Jesus said again, I can of myself... Do nothing. What is Jesus saying? I'm not living by my own resources of the office of the Son of God. I'm living by the Holy Spirit's power. That's what he's in essence saying. I can of my own self do nothing, John 5, 30. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own but the will, of the will of the Father who sent me. So again, Jesus didn't have anything available to him that we don't have available to us today. He, had the, he relied on the power of the Holy Spirit to guide him, to direct him, and to help him minister. And we should live the same way. We can rely in the same way on the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit to guide us, to lead us, to help us, and to move us through the... the uh, all of the things that life brings. John 14, 12, as I just said earlier, most assuredly, Jesus says, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go into my Father. Let me end today by uh, just sharing a little tidbit here, you know. When we are born again, the Holy Spirit, the life of God is imparted to us, and it gives us a new basis for living. It gives us a, a new information pool, a new source of power 
And it's the power of the Holy Spirit. So, so I, I want to show you something from Genesis and then from the book of John that has really been a blessing to me. You know, if you go back and read the book of beginnings, the book of Genesis, and every major doctrine in the Bible has its beginning in the book of Genesis. So um, um, in Genesis 2, uh, it rehashes again the creation of man, talks about it in the latter part of Genesis 1. But Genesis 2, particularly verse 7, this is New Living Translation, listen to what it says. It's talking about God creating humankind. And it says, Then the Lord God formed man, of the dust of the ground. And then watch, he breathed the breath of life into man's nostrils. Man became a living person. So, you know, you can see God scooping dirt, creating, forming. The Hebrew word is yatsar, to make, to mold, to form. God yatsar, to formed Adam's body from the dirt out of common clay. That's the reason everything we eat, it comes from the clay. We, we live in a carbon-based world. We have carbon-based bodies. Our bodies come from the dirt. Our vegetables are grown from the dirt. When we eat meat, those, those animals eat from the dirt. The, the vegetables they eat come from the dirt. So again, everything we need is in the soil. We, we're just common clay. But see, God did something special. He breathed into Adam's nostrils the breath of life. He became a living person. So he gave him natural life. And Genesis 2 is talking about natural life. And then Jesus said this. I want to share two other things. John 14, 15, Jesus said to his disciples, If you love me, keep my commandments. Verse 16, John 14, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Verse 17, even the spirit of truth whom the world can't receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Now that is such a big, big deal. Jesus said to the disciples, the Holy Spirit is with you. And Jesus gave them and they had the power of the Holy Spirit, but it wasn't living in them yet. Then I want you to see something. I want you to contrast Genesis. I want to contrast Genesis 2 with John 20. Genesis 2, God scooped the dirt, formed man's body, and then gave man natural life, breathed into his nostrils, nostrils the breath of life. Watch what Jesus did, which is so suggestive. Just, uh, just before, ju just, just uh, at his resurrection. Then the same day, John 20, verse 19, the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. So the doors are shut. Jesus materializes inside the room because he's got a glorified body that perhaps can travel at the speed of thought. It can materialize and dematerialize. Really crazy. Verse 20 it says, when he had said this to them, he showed them his hands and his side. He had holes in his hands. He had a piercing in his side. And they knew it was him. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. That identified him as Jesus. They knew he was the Jesus that was hanging on the cross because the holes and the scars were still there. Verse 21, so Jesus said to them, peace to you. Now watch what he said. As the Father has sent me. I also send you. And then watch verse 22, John 20. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Oh, wow. Do you see what Jesus did? God breathed in Genesis 2, 7 into Adam's nostrils. And 
natural life came into being in that in that in that body God created from the dirt. But here Jesus, just fresh from the resurrection, just appearing to the disciples, peace be unto you, he says. And then he's he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Friends, that's when they received the very life of God. The disciples were born again. The Holy Spirit no, was no longer with them. Now he was in them. Jesus imparted to them spiritual life right when he was with them, the evening of the resurrection day. That is incredible. We'll come back next time. I want to talk about the ways that the Holy Spirit works in us. This is so encouraging. It was going to this really strange time worldwide where perhaps the Antichrist and his regime will will, uh, uh, appear. And uh, we'll see how that affects the United States of America. But nonetheless, we're living in a really odd time of change. And see, God's equipped us by giving us the Holy Spirit. I just want to encourage you. You're not by yourself. You're never alone. We don't have to make decisions on our own. We have the person of the Holy Spirit to direct us, guide us, and lead us. And I want to show you how that works. Next time, the next podcast, we'll talk about how that works. So, Father, thank you for not leaving us as orphans. Thank you for not leaving us alone. Lord, as we go into this strange time between the time of the church age and the time that Jesus returns, this time of judgment, thank you that we're not alone. The Holy Spirit's inside of us. Quicken us. Show us. God, as I pray for every person listening that each one of us would be filled with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding in Jesus' name. Let the Holy Spirit witness to our spirits that we are the children of God and witness to our hearts the directions we should go in life. And Lord, we commit these things to you and give thanks in Jesus' name. I am so glad I was able to talk with you a bit today. Looking forward to next time. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I hope you're able to get something out of the message today. Before you leave, please make sure uh, that you subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform that you're listening from. Uh, Doing this goes a long way in helping us reach a wider audience. Lastly, if you want to reach out with questions, concerns, prayer requests, or comments about today's content, you can email me at pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com. I would love to hear from you. Now go out there and be all that God created you to be today. God bless you.